name's Jen Yuchin. And I'm Ari Fox. And we're New Gaming News, a bi-weekly podcast and newsletter focused on the esports and gambling industry. Way, first I'd like to introduce you, and again, thank you for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, right now I'm the VP of Growth and Outreach at American Esports. We are helping create like the bridges and pathways from people that are just getting into the gaming industry to finding their way like more permanent like job situations in the industry so basically we're helping create the programs that universities use to give to give you the proper direction to go to find where you're supposed to be in the esports field that's very um before that i was a pro gamer um i was an org owner i used to own pride stark entertainment um Everything that you can imagine in the esports industry, I've pretty much done. Yeah. So that's kind of me. <laughs> no, that's impressive. That's good. Then so, it'd yeah. be a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and and, I, his, and his last name is Stark, so you know you got, right. he's he's got to be smart, and he is. Maybe he's Iron Man. We don't know. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Game of Thrones. I'm uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that's intimidating. Iron Man with a wolf. <laughs> exactly. Iron Wolf. Iron Wolf. There you go. There's your new tag. All right. So let's get into the new news on New Jersey and esports betting throughout the country. There is a new bill that is being formed specifically for esports in the betting industry. It's not only for New Jersey. It's actually going to affect the entire country. But uh, the bill states that wagers would be... I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so if passed, it will permanently authorize any of the sports betting sites active and operating legally in the state of New Jersey and beyond, and you'll be able to accept bets on esports permanently without requiring the permission from the state's Division of Gaming Enforcement, a.k.a. the DGE. Uh, this bill is going to state that wagers should be limited to $100 and betting on any esports events with the majority of competitors under are under the age of 18 would be banned, of course. Uh, a few months back, they allowed esports betting on the League of Legends World Championship final in New Jersey. Now, in this article, they kind of go into how there weren't that many bets that were placed, but they said that that was due to the lack of time to promote it. But now, with this new bill that might be passed, um, they will not need permission, and esports betting will be more mainstream in the North American area. So, what do you guys think of that? Well, I, I made up a I actually set up a comment in the in LinkedIn and I said, you know, that's great. It's 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 very much in the positive direction. The limitation of a hundred bucks is really good because obviously, you know, gamers don't usually have that much money to start with. But the one issue I had that I said is that it's great you're doing this. I think it's wonderful. But even if they market that they're they're gonna be doing esport betting uh, and advertising it, there's nothing else for gamers to do. They're not gonna come in make their bet and then what else what what do you do with that they come in drink and leave is what you're saying yeah, yeah. what else is there to do in a, in a casino besides if there is betting to make that bet and then what what do you do what are you, are you just supposed to sit around drink and eat because you know yeah, gamer, you know there's nothing else for a gamer to do in a, in a casino if i'm glad they're having that but for, for please have a viewing party Please have VR. Please have AR. Please have something that is location-based entertainment, whether that's peer-on-peer playing, video game playing, 
or something else, but you have to have something else. You can't, just, it's just like, you know, the old days, not the old days, even currently, let's build a nightclub for $500 million. So said the palms of uh, station casinos in mm. Las Vegas and nobody came and it closed. Well, you know, we can't, it's, that's not, you know, just having betting isn't enough. There has to be way more than that. And that's, yeah. and it's a start, it's a start, but it, and this is great for you way, because I mean, you know, uh-huh. here's the one thing I was thinking about you and your company who's looking for ways to find people business and stuff in video gaming and esports. So needs to understand that the casino industry is going to need these professionals inside their locations. Oh yeah. They, they don't know what to do. So we have, here's a whole nother division that has to be created. You know, this they every casino needs a specialist in video gaming and esports. Mm. That's very true. I, I actually harshly agree with what you just said because I mean, even at the esports travel summit last year, that's one of the things that's one of the big things I brought up. I was like, you know, a lot of these locations need a gaming expert. I mean, even the even if you really wanted to like kind of copy the Microsoft Store's version of things where the, each Microsoft store has like a district gaming expert for their like little area. Yeah. And yeah. That, that person that person like specifically is there to know esports in that community. I was I mean, a Microsoft gaming expert. Oh, well, word. There you go. <laughs> so, but like, yeah, no, like like if, if they were to copy that and just put like one or two for each like area <laughs> of places just so that people just so that the, they know. I mean, that would be a huge deal. Hmm. But like but like, yeah, no. Um, you know, talking about it, like watch parties would have to be big. But like, but like, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, as a gamer myself, I can't imagine going in and betting and then walking out. Like, I would be like, it's not worth my time. Yeah. At all, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would just make an illegal bet on the side with my friends. Like, I don't need to do this. Yeah, exactly. The trip. Yeah. Now, is this going to um, be applicable to like betting apps and websites as well? Because it doesn't say specifically. Are, do you have any insight on that? Yeah, actually, well, you know, there's already uh, companies like BetConstruct, uh, FanDuel, um, and all those guys, they, yeah. they are gearing up to assist. Because right now, if you make a bet on a sport, any sport, in, um, in a casino or online, with any online casino, the back end of it isn't being run by the casino itself. It's being run by... Um, yeah. By, like, FanDuel or one of those, or William Hill or one of those uh, betting betting companies um because if you go to like the ocean resort casino their whole bookie area is run by william hill well william hill also runs their 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 online betting so if if it is uh any company if they're gonna have esports yes they will have online betting which way on your side if you're like you know what i'm not gonna go to the casino but i'll take a bet through the casino and you know it's gonna be you know the thing about it is, is this is the difference Currently, right now, everyone knows in 2019, last year, uh, $5 billion was wagered on <laughs> esport e- tournaments, but it wasn't legal. It was done, you know, well, some of it was legal in Europe, and then some of it was on, was like in off- offshore, uh, offshore companies that aren't uh, sanctioned by, yeah. you know, uh, the Isle of Man, which does international gaming sanctions. Uh, for people um, and companies that make them legitimate, that make them responsible, you know, that make that you can if if they if they don't give you your payout, um, then you can sue them. And there's a whole international court and law and all that stuff that follows. But um, you, what we have uh, is 
people making bets on sites that aren't legal where if if you do make a bet and they decide not to pay you your winnings well you're basically shit out of luck um but what we're really doing is we're saying okay uh esport betting it's just we want to take you along the same lines as sports betting originally sports betting before it was now uh you can bet in any state now it's actually more and more states are passing their own laws for sports betting mm-hmm. um it originally it was only nevada that you could make a bet at and it had to be at a location uh that's and and it, there were three states nevada montana and delaware uh now you can make bets online obviously only in the state of new jersey and then a bunch of other states have also started online betting for sports that will be the same thing so esports will and what we're in essence what we're doing is we're following the same suit of what happened to sports betting in sports mm-hmm. betting there was a lot of uh, offshore, meaning like in very weird random places where people would make bets online and they weren't legal. Um, but now what we're doing is we're bringing it out from the shadows into the light so everything is regulated. What does that mean? It means the government gets their piece, pretty much. That's what that means. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Whenever you say, whenever something is quote-unquote regulated, that means that the government is involved. They're getting a piece has- of it. Of course, uh, yeah. but but they're also but they're saying they're there to get their piece because what they're doing as a, as their part of their job is protecting the consumer. Mm. Yeah, and, that, and that's really what's happening with that. And it is it is going to be there. It's going to be available. Online esport betting will be available probably in the state of New Jersey as soon as brick and mortar online betting will be available. Mm. Oh yeah, same like same rollout. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. It's good that it's opening doors and more conversations are being had about it. Um, this leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> so the Esports Integrity Commission is introducing talent agent regulations. Um, speaking of regulations and getting a piece, I think this is specifically to help the um, competitor. So it's saying that they're introducing this initiative and it will see regulations introduced to talent and player agents. The aim of the initiative is to safeguard players and professional integrity when it comes to talent agent operations. So I don't know if everyone remembers, I think it was, um, was it FaZe Clan had an issue with one of their players and I think this is to avoid that. Am I, was I correct? Was that Phase Clan? I mean, yeah, it is Phase Clan, but it's like, yeah. but it's so many other. <laughs> that was the one that came like, to my mind immediately. No, Phase is the one that's been like most recently mm. in the news. But like, oh my gosh, so many orgs have so many issues with this, and like, there's so many, there's so many interesting like moments that I can talk about, like that just are just like, wow, you have a 13 year old playing for you. Yeah. Like, come on, what? <laughs> So you, he can't be thoughts? your employee. I actually, so I've always thought that, you know, as far as esports goes, it needs a little bit more structure to it. And that's because when I was a player, I was heavily taken advantage of myself. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I've lost, I, I mean, I, I wish that I had the knowledge I do now mm. back then when I started to know what was going on and to know to read, you know, contracts and to know to do all this, like, better but like now like it it needs to be there it really does i don't think it needs to be like you know like throw like shoved down people's throats but i feel like it needs there needs to be some kind of regulation to protect uh the players and even 
like the teams in general. Mm. It doesn't say what they're going to do with it yet, but I guess the fact that they're looking into it and they're creating these regulations is important for the players and talent in general. I think it probably goes for like casters and streamers as well. Well, yeah. I mean, as long as I mean, it, it, the truth is that if they're if people are going to be protecting people or consumers on betting they should be protecting players too mm. so you know i mean if without the players there wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a game it's just like you know you can't have a super bowl if nobody showed up to the on the field Completely how can you true. you know what i mean so you you have to you have to protect the the the, the people that are bringing the entertainment and that goes for every industry i mean yeah. You know, you have, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, you have, you know, the Writers Guild, all of these, you know, uh, points of uh, places of entertainment have their protection and they're and they're unionized and all of that. And, you know, I what what would be shocking to me is and I have a I have a history and you know, this in, in indie games and understanding the indie game developer, indie game developers and developers in general. Uh, game developers are do not have a union. It's been talked about many, many times, but they haven't unionized yet. And if esport pro players actually and gamers, pro gamers actually get unionized before the actual developers themselves, shit will hit the fan. Yeah. Because because I mean you're you're saying what is you know you're saying you value the esport gamer professional player more than you do the creator of the game itself i'm wondering and, if it's because of the um the trend of them being underage or like a younger person well there's well there is there this there's ways to do that i mean listen there's uh i didn't wasn't there just a tennis player that just won uh women's tennis and she was like i don't know she's like 14 or 15 years old I don't know. she was she's like ranked she's an american tennis player she's ranked i don't remember her name but i just saw something in passing online about this girl who's playing in australia now in the australian open and she's like 14 but so what in those circumstances there has to be a guardian or someone that's representing them mm. listen when you have young actors in hollywood there's a guardian yeah. that handles all of their transactions and all of their business transactions. So if that's what you have to have in esports, I think that's what you do. There's simple solutions to all these issues. It's just, it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. You know, it comes down to money because when it comes down to money, it's like, is there enough money in the infrastructure of esports to pay the players, um, you know, wages that they should be played and should be paid like, like professional athletes. And I would say right now, no, in the future, maybe, but I, I don't think that there is right now. Interesting. Do you agree? With and I, Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just laughed because I'm like, man, I could go on a rant about this. You can. This is your, this well, is your I platform. Mean, yeah, I mean, well, you had an org. I mean, okay. what did I mean? You, you, you know, when you came across players that would just jump ship. I mean, look, this happens all the time, and players just leave orgs yeah. because they can't, or they switch to a different org because mm -hmm. they're not getting their rightful pay, and then that org isn't worth shit anymore. Look, it, it even True. happened. You know, the org just dies. So 
Um, it's happening. I can't think of any of the orgs off the top of my head, but I mean, you know, listen, I heard nightmare stories about Echo Fox. I heard stories about, um, oh, you know, denial. yeah, denial. Um, you know, there's been a lot. There's been a lot. And I was, know, the- I was really lucky with Bride Stark because we, we really took well, we really took good care of our players. But I mean, like, and like we 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 did things a lot differently than other orgs that made like our players really want to stay with us because we took a lot less of their winnings than most other orgs. Mm. So like if you were if you were good at what you did, you wanted to stay. <laughs> but right. but I mean like yeah no I mean even like if a player wanted to leave, there wasn't really too much you could do. I mean it was like yeah I mean I I don't I can't really stop you from going other than mm. with what's in our contract, but. You know, players aren't going to sign contracts that are, you know, damning to them. So it was, it was very interesting. Um, but what, and what about the whole, you know, word of mouth player talks about to other player about oh, that yeah. particular org. And, you know, you're trying to recruit a player and that player already knows, hey, no, I'm not going near that org because. Because of this and that. And, right. oh, man. Oh, yeah. Or or even one of the one of the craziest things that we came across. Um, and I'm going to say this is very, very particular to the. um first person shooter industry um the players they all had this like huge like they they all got together at some point and were like look we're not going to take less than this from any org so nobody go to an org other and it was crazy to watch when PUBG was like the thing like watching all the PUBG players like really like almost make like their own little union like that was that was intense like i got to say like it was very funny to watch because they all it was like all of them got together like all the major PUBG players and like the pros in the pro PUBG discord yeah. got together and they were like they're like all right let's all shop orgs together and nobody pick an org until we get until we can basically tell the orgs all of us are going to get paid this or nobody's going to play wow and and that happened for like a month and it was like and I was like this is ridiculous I just I'm not I'm just not gonna hire any of you guys because all of you guys are asking for like cars and new houses to play a game wow. that isn't even real yet so it was like unrealistic expectations it's not like they all oh, got together no, with was... like actual like things that they deserved oh, no, or it needed insane. it was insane it was insane mm. it was insane well, well i think one of the reasons is because you know the industry is as, as a whole is very young the players are also yeah. very very young and you know when they become an esport professional there's so much banter in in you know on the news and all over the place and they hear it all the time on reddit and and on Discord and everything about this guy making that much money and that guy making this much money mm-hmm. and this guy just bought his new, you know, a brand new Mustang or whatever, you know, and they 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 go, okay, well now I'm a pro, I expect this kind of treatment. Um, oh yes. And and that's the thing is, it's it's the industry isn't there enough to to support that. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not. Yeah. Ribiki, see, they got to. This is the thing. We all understand, and I talked to Way about this on on our web our webcast last week. Was that you know esports as a whole, uh, video gaming competitions as a whole, the way it, the present day esports started as a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's just taking that and trying to change the lexicon for it to be more of a business making opportunity, like a professional type of environment where people are paying for like a pay-per-view or they're making yeah. enormous amounts of money and stuff. It takes time to do that. So, you know, it's all about, you know, how do we, how do we, um, you know, move it, move it into the direction that it needs to go in so that 
you can have ESEC come in, you know, and they can make uh, rules across the board and contracts are all equal with the players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that takes a long time. I mean, any other, any other professional sport isn't going to, it didn't happen overnight. It oh, happened yeah. took a while. But also like one of the biggest issues that esports has more so than like every other sport, quote unquote, is that like, you know, when you're a pro at other sports, there are kids right. out here that are like, I've got a thousand followers. I'm a pro esport player. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, you are absolutely not. And then you have people that are like, then you have teams though that look at people as, oh, well, he's really, really high ranked at what he does and he's very good at what he does. So now he's a pro. But then you have other teams that are like, oh, no, he's not streaming at all. So therefore, he's not a pro because he's not going to be able to help us make money by not streaming. So it's like, what what are the what are the regulations what are the barriers what are the what are the points of reference what are the milestones in your career because every single org has different milestones so now it's like well where do i go hopefully i can fit into this org that best suits my milestones what i've already done but then they want to compare that to the other org where it's like like for instance um i'm gonna talk about tempo storm tempo storm uh highly i don't know i don't know if they do now but two years ago they highly regulated your pay based on how many viewers per hour you get on Twitter or Twitch. And your pay was heavily based on that. Wow. So if you were not on streaming on Twitch for X amount of hours a week, getting X amount of views per hour, then guess what? Your paycheck was going to be cut or make you were going to make less than if you did this professionally. Hmm. So all of their pro players that were based in the card game uh genre really were streamers they had a giant stream team that was awesome and it worked for them and they do great and i love tempo storm i really do i think they take very good they take very good care of their players that are also streamers now flip that you got thing you got uh places like face clan where they're really just looking at how much social media reach you have yeah and how good you are at your game because they really do put that they do weigh heavily on that and it's like, so it's interesting because a FaZe Clan member would actually make like almost nothing in a Tempo Storm environment and vice versa. So oh. then it's like, well, when do you become a pro? Right. And I think that's that's actually one of the biggest issues that is being had. Like, is what are you... the guidelines that you have to yeah. fit? But do you think... Do you think that maybe even makes it better for potential players and talent, though? Because if you do have a different skill set than maybe somebody else, you do, you can find that org that fits you as a player and entertainer, rather than having to fit into a certain box that's standardized? Or do you think well, there's a place for both? I think I, I like it. I like that you can find different things. But I feel like the problem is everybody needs to be a little bit more realistic. Because you have players now who look at Ninja, or let's let's take it down a step and look at um, look at any uh, look at Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox is like one of the best fighting game players that's out there right mm-hmm. now. And they look at Sonic Fox and they're like, "Well, Sonic Fox makes X amount of money a month at his org. Why can't I make that? I have a larger reach than Sonic Fox." And it's like, but maybe like less wins. But well, significantly less wins, yeah. you know what I mean. But it's like, but then it's like, oh well, or or they look at somebody like um, any of the guys from Face Clan and they say, well, I stream and I have a lot more followers on my stream than him, 
but I've never been to a tournament. So I'm worth more though, because I'm a pro gamer. Mm. Because I stream and make this much money and I have this much reach, so I can bring this much to your org. And it's like, well, it, the problem is everybody's looking at everybody else instead of trying to stay and figure out what how much they're worth. They're just going off of any number that they can pull and say, well, I'm worth whatever the most is right now. Yeah, and so it's like, no, they're that's not claiming the that they're worth more than they actually are based off of other people. Yes. Mm. And it's and it's because we've we've set that as a precedence. And so like I was saying, the big problem with the with the PUBG crowd was like, you know, all these kids asking for they want cars and they want this and that and they want this and that because that's what, you know, the Overwatch League kids were getting or that's yeah. what you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's not the same thing, man. Yeah. We're we're you know, like at the end of the day, you're comparing, you know, apples and oranges or f fruit or heck, we're comparing apples to PUBG players. Like, it's just, it's literally not even the same thing. Yeah. That's, so, that's where yeah. esports does differentiate between like regular sports as well, because it's so different and it's so spread out and it's so diversified that every single game has a different scene and different standards and different ways of um, monetizing it. Yeah. Just interesting. It's true. So, moving forward, uh, this is back to betting a little bit. There's a new esports betting platform called Punt. Um, yeah. And they're doing things a little bit differently, apparently. I'm not as knowledgeable, so I'm going to lean on you for the little, this a little bit, Ari. But it's saying that like rather than just uh, placing bets on like full games or rounds or whatever, it's actually based on players as well, like how many kills they get, how many different statistics they get, and it's a little bit more dialed in and maybe a little bit more fun. Yeah, uh, is anyone I mean, else doing this? Well, there, there's another. Con yeah, I think GG Bet is actually doing stuff like that. Uh, GG Bet is in, uh, it's in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. Their main, their main, their biggest money maker is CS:GO, um, and they are doing something similar. Um, I'm not sure where Punt is based out of, but I know that uh, in Europe um, they are doing things with based on. Yeah, and I think Punt is actually going is at the event that's happening this week. Which is the uh, International Casino Expo, um, which they will I have be. some. Yeah. Mm. So, so there's. Listen, the thing is about it. It's overall across the board. You know, the casino industry needs fresh new eyes, a fresh new uh, perspective on what the hell they need to do to make it fun again to go to a casino and have a good time. I don't give a shit if you, you know, you it enough with the drinking and the part, you know, the, you know, the pool deck parties and, uh, and the nightclubs and stuff like that. That's great, but they need something else. And this con this concept of punt that punt is doing, it makes perfect sense because it's just that it's, it's exactly what I'm talking about. And I, 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 I applaud them because it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's taking what's currently, available so in other words a lot of other um betting companies like william hill like uh the traditional sports betting companies took esports and they're like oh yeah we could do this and they didn't look at it like in an in-depth way they didn't look at it based on kills they didn't look at it per game per game basis on what it what you know what uh the game's all about and how we can structure bets that it would be more fun for the actual viewer they just looked at it like, oh, it's just like baseball. So we'll do one game, and you can you can bet on who's going to win that, you know, best out of five, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just – it wasn't exciting. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. There's all these new – new. it's a whole new industry that's coming up. It's coming to – it's peaking out of the horizon, 
which is starting to really shine. And the companies like Punt are one of those companies. Um, and it's gonna you're gonna see more and more of this. And you know, people like you know, like Way, obviously Way, you're gonna be a busy guy finding people oh, yeah. jobs, finding people jobs, and not just the esports itself, but all the other things around it because. There's just so much to to what's happening, and that's why the esports industry, as a or video gaming industry, is now building as a value. I mean, everybody calls it esports, but you know what? It's really not just esports; it's the overall no, it's, video gaming industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more happening in that space that you know people are beginning to realize. It's the new wave of entertainment. There's no doubt about it. Um, what's, what's wild to me? Yeah. Because I keep I keep I keep reading and looking and even getting asked to consult on all these different betting platforms and not one of them that have come to me or i've seen has wanted to focus on the fighting game industry yeah which that's wild because that seems like fun quick easy like betting well the fighting game industry is already doing it yeah if you if you go to evo or ceo and you sit anywhere near the front row you got a guy who will stand up and be like yo yo who's got five on this guy who's got five how many how many stocks you got him how many stocks you got him like they're already doing it like just do it they already have a whole thing set aside for money matching i mean somebody make that app somebody make the app where i can money match somebody online and it'd be safe and somebody not back out after we bet you know 35 dollars a game mm. like like but or or even just make the app where it's like yo we can bet on how many stocks i'm gonna win by how many lives i'm gonna take off of you like like nobody's doing this Do i'm like because they don't understand it enough no, I, I, that's beginning, they're beginning to, I mean, when I, I think my, my business to business thing, the casino esports company, we have like guys like from GameCo, they're, you know, they're doing the skill-based game, Soul Calibur. Uh, nice. I, I think, you know, I it's a, it's, Calibur. it's a peer and peer play. Um, you know, there's even, there's even, you know, now skill-based games for retro games. Uh, but, you, you know, there is more fighting, there's going to be more fighting games involved. I actually got a call from Bandai Namco they want to get involved nice. as well. Um, so, beautiful. yeah, it's 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 happening. That's happening. Oh, man. Let, me, let me bet on some Dragon Ball fighters. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, gosh, but it's gonna man. it's gonna it's definitely happening. But you know, you got to realize that 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 um, you know, it, you got to realize that it, that it's first thing. It's the it's the it's the um, you know, it's, the wagering is only one part of it. And when you're coming, you see, so it's funny because like everyone from the video gaming world is like, yeah, esports is ten percent. Wagering is only like 2%, 3% (laughs) in the casino world. What we have to do is leverage the entire place and say, you know what? It's got to be everything. We have to change the entire experience. And I'm not saying get rid of slot machines for the old grandmothers. I don't care. They can go and sit there with their little oxygen tanks and play as long as they want. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But we have to have and create space that's totally, totally cool that like – has that location-based entertainment? Has VR? Has, I saw a game that is so along the lines of of fighting game uh, of the FGC genre that um, it is basically it's it's a VR game, and you view it. Other people view it. You strap on a bodysuit, VR goggles, and it's it's a sword fighting game. It looks like you're. It looks like yep. and you see yeah, it's it. Fun. And it's, it's it the is. coolest game. I don't know, Jen, if I sent you that video. Oh uh, no! Um, but but I, it's it's called the it's called the UFL. I think it's United Sweet. Fighting League or something like that. But yeah. it's a whole new 
take on fighting games, but it's VR and it's sword fight. It's like they basically look like they're using lightsabers. That's awesome. And 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 you know you can view everything and it's it it looks basic. It really is cool. It's I mean, very just, cool. Just how you're saying it, I think one of the coolest thing, one of the easiest routes that you, that they could get into at any of these bigger casinos or any casino in general, um, if they wanted to do something really special. They could easily buy out a bunch of front row seats at one of these events and put VR bots in these seats, let you put on your headset and buy and pay for a premium seat from that yeah. casino when you can't travel to across the ocean mm-hmm. to be at these finals. Sit down and act like you're actually there. Feel it. You can hear the crowd next to you, like get the whole immersion experience. But, you know, I don't have, you know, uh, a passport this year or I don't have the ability to pay, you know, X amount of money to go to seal or, or whatever and just sit there and then, but also bet while you're there and have the whole experience, but just with, with a VR headset and surround sound around you in a chair. Yeah. I mean, it's done. I, I've, I've talked to publishers about, and, and big publishers. I talked to, um, you know, publishers from take two. I talked to publishers from, um, from Epic. I've talked to publishers from EA they're creating experiences for not just the players themselves, but the actual viewers to yeah. be in the game. So you can yeah. watch the you can watch the action inside the game. That'd be fire. It's really wild. Man, could you imagine watching like a Rocket League game from like the stands? Yeah. And seeing like that's a car cool. fly around you. Yeah, it'd be wild. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, yo, yeah, what's oh, that's scale? Happening? It's that's coming. That's coming. Totally. That's gonna be coming. fire. That's gonna be amazing. I yep. feel like I feel like me and you need to become better friends, Ari. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we talk to the same people somehow. No, it's true. I mean, I was just I was I spoke at this Dreamland thing. I was telling everybody like last week I was at Dreamland, and 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 then some of the stuff that is unbelievable that's coming out is just really incredible. I mean, you're you're what you're going to see is basically you're going to see. Well, everyone can go to. Everyone's been to done to Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's is one thing, and you can play yeah. the games, and you can get really good and skilled at them. Some of the games that you're going to have on a casino floor eventually are going to be so fucking hard. They're going to be like really, really hard. I mean, the AI on those are going to be so incredibly amazing because I know people that are creating AI to challenge people. Like we're talking like real, Already. you know, like the, like the AI that beat whatever that guy in chess like a few years ago or. 10 yeah. years ago, whatever it was, it's even 10 times, you know, smarter than that. So it's, it's happening. It's going to happen and it's happening. And you know, it's the matter of just time, but it's going to happen. You're going to walk into a casino. It's going to be so sci-fi. It's going to be like, Holy, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be fun again. That's the thing. Yeah. You have to make it fun yeah, again. That's what they need to do. And, and what's happened is like all the people that grew up with video gaming, you know, that played super smash brothers, that played league of legends, that played, even older guys that played Doom and those guys, I mean, those guys are over 21. They're like in their 30s. Oh, yeah. And, They're all and, my age. Yeah. And they want to, <laughs> and they want to come to a casino and have, and, and have a really good time and have fun and maybe win some money too, which would be pretty cool well, based on their skills. Yeah. I was going to say, I was at the esports travel summit last year and it was at the, um, one of the casinos over in, um, Atlantic City. And, you know, me and my me and my plus one, we got done with our night, and uh, we were coming back, and I was like, "Yo, do you wanna you wanna go gamble?" And she was right. like, "Yeah, I guess let's go gamble." And we we took some money and we went and played like blackjack and uh, poker or whatever. And I was like, I, "I like these games. I'm good at these games, but I mean, 
but <laughs> we yeah. were done after like an hour. I was yeah. done after an hour. I, I mean, I, I won some money, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Well, this. see, the casinos, like, you know, it's all about, like, they don't, listen, what's really ridiculous at this at this point um, is that casinos are making a lot of money on their on their amenities and their food and beverage? They're making yeah. more on that than they are on the on the actual gambling, and that's been like uh, that for years. It's been like that for six years now. That's so so sad. if you're already making money on food and beverage, more money on that, and more money on your amenities like you know your nightclubs and your shows and all that stuff, then why aren't you letting players? Because their mindset has always been get the player in. Get him to play fast. Get him off the table and get, take as much money as he can. But yeah. that—that's. But their gambling revenues have gone lower and lower and lower. So if your gambling revenues are going lower, but your amenities are going higher, meaning people are eating more food and they're having more drink and they're going to your clubs and they're going to your shows and you're going to. So now that's the stuff you have to leverage, and the only way to leverage that and let people to do more of that is to keep them in the casino. If you keep them playing longer. They'll drink more food. I mean, they'll, they'll eat more food. They'll dr have more drinks. They'll do more things inside the building or inside the location instead of just playing, you know, being done with the money and walking away from the table. Oh, yeah, no, to, to just just to agree with you, man. I mean, I was offered an extra day to stay there and just hang out, and I was like, nah, I'm going to go. I have no right. reason to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's they need to change that that whole experience that the experience is lacking majorly and 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 they know it they just don't know what to do so that's why we're trying to teach them what to do and, and when i when i met like a whole lot of people from hollywood that creating some really amazing one guy worked for hololens and he's coming to the the cec we got people from different publishing companies coming we got people from so there's and the thing about it is this. I've written to many publishing companies, a company called Rogue Games out in California. I've talked mm -hmm. to EA and Epic and all these other games. Now, they have a real stigma with gambling. They don't want to get involved in gambling. But here's the thing. If you don't get involved, then the casino, yeah, the casino industry will create other games that people will play. And they're going to they're gonna create their own, you know, leagues, their own communities that people like to play and come in and and. It's, it's only a matter of time. Don't, you know, because that's what's going to happen. Listen, it's getting easier and easier to, to make games now. You yeah. know, with certain, with certain SDKs, with certain, um, with certain uh, uh, the, the, the game engines that build these engines like Unreal and Unity, they're powerful, powerful engines. And it doesn't take very much to, to, for game designers to make really kick-ass games anymore. I mean, they said that it would take $200 million to $300 million to make a really awesome game. But that means that they have to. The reason why it takes that much money is because they are doing like they are pushing esports tournaments. They are creating leagues like Blizzard is doing. They are doing the marketing and the promotion and all that stuff. And that's where most of the money is coming from. It's not coming from paying the developers to make the game in the first. Place. That's not happening. But if the casinos get their hands around it and they start hiring indie devs to make games for their places, oh yeah, well, well, the publishers are going to lose out on a whole nother revenue stream. That they could have made money on. And that'll be this whole evolution of gaming. Yeah. That would be so wild, man. Yeah.
So I'm gonna have to start reaching out to some casinos. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's. I feel it's, like I feel like I feel like I I would be a good asset because I actually want to see it happen and I'm not scared to sit down. Well, well, wait, you know, <laughs> you know, you're welcome to send me an email. Shoot me your head, your your uh, your your uh, headshot in a bio, and we'll put you up on a on a panel at the CEC. You can yeah, press man, some, I would love press to, some love flesh. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> Cool. So what was our next article there? Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> no, I was enjoying it, and I think the listeners will too. Uh, we have two other ones that I want to go into. This one's a little bit um, brick and mortar. So Allied Esports and Hawk, which is like, uh, they're specifically a architecture engineering firm. They yep. are creating esports oh, facilities and malls, the first one being in Georgia. Um, yep. We've kind of seen other people do this. I know Walmart was doing this. HyperX put in their uh, arena on the Las Vegas Strip. And I don't think anything has been too successful yet. Well, I actually had a meeting at the CES with uh, Frank Nig, who is president and CEO of Allied Esports. So I had to sit down with him. And, you know... They're very pumped about this deal they made with Simon Malls. Of course. And, and, and uh, you know, that's that's definitely, you know, something. And, again, here we go again. It's like the malls. I mean, <laughs> people are like now, okay, malls need to attract people. But it's but here's the difference. Here's the difference between a mall and a casino. In a casino, you're going to have older people, obviously 21 or older, that are come and play. And it's sectionalized for them. In a mall – Parents are going to come with their kids, and the kids are going to be like, "I don't want to run around the mall with you." And parents will drop their kid off at the at the esport arena. They could play there, and you know, it's more fun. They can have, you know, it could be like a little league kind of and thing husbands. where they have younger and husbands can play. But they could drop people off. It makes it makes sense in that respect. So, in my opinion, though, I don't know if unless the you know, again, you know. Frank, the guy who runs Allied Esports, he's a happy camper, and so is Hawk, uh, you know, our, uh, architect, because they've been hired to do the job. They're going to get paid to, to build that esport arena. Now it's up to the mall to keep it filled, to have content. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? Okay, here's another, you know, here's another business for you, way. Find people that are going to have to be now, you know, content creators for these esport arenas in malls across the country. I mean, you oh. got to have somebody who's going to make those events happen. Mm. That was that was one of the first things I thought of when I um I walked into uh we were in where were we? We were in Colorado. Yep. We walked into a um a Walmart and saw their little esports Yeah, Eblue did that. Didn't Eblue yeah. do that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I believe it was Eblue. And we and we were looking at it. I remember me and me and my friend were looking at it and we were there on business already, but you know, we happen to stop at a Walmart to get something to eat or whatever. I don't remember why we were in Walmart. And I'm sitting there looking at it and I was like, What what is this? Like why why like and it was like the real like early prototype version of it. It was like the one of the first couple to go in. And you're like, Why is this here? And yeah, I was like I was like, Why on earth is this here? And there was like one kid in there and there was like this woman sitting at a desk. Yeah. And I remember we walked up, we were like, So so what is this? And she explained what it was. <laughs> she explained what it was, and I was like, "I was like, is that your kid?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, yeah." So, it, it, <laughs> are you again, a babysitter? It, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Here we go again. It's like it's like okay, in the infinite wisdom, the you know the Walton family that owns Walmart said, "You know what? Uh, esports is so hot. 
and I love the name. I love the word esports and blah blah blah. I want esport arenas in all my WalMarts. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's hire the guy that can do it. All right, Gary Lowe. I know Gary. Gary Lowe. Lowe yeah, I know yeah. him too. <laughs> and he's a C- he he's CEO of of, of eBlue. They hired him, and he, Gary's like, "Sure, no problem. I'll do it. You know, you're gonna pay me the money to do it. I'll put it in there. No problem." Oh, yeah. But you know, it's not that you know Gary gets his money, builds his esport arena, and then walks away. Of course. So so like then it's up to Walmart. Now Walmart already has like you know there are people that work at Walmart that are barely making minimum wage. You know, <laughs> do they have gaming systems in their homes? Probably not. You know, you're talking. You know, you're talking about people who have no idea what they're looking at. So, yeah. uh, it's it's like it's a complete disconnect. Uh, not to put down Walmart, but I, you know, it's just they do sell you know computer equipment and stuff like that. Maybe someone in the electronics department knows what he's doing. But then they're already stretched enough as it is. The guy's working a shift. He's getting paid a low salary. <laughs> you really think this guy's going to do the content creation for the for the esports exactly. you know lounge that they're having at Walmart? No, it's not going to happen. And putting it in a Walmart is just as much effective as putting in like, I don't know, uh, uh, soda machine. Uh, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess the soda machine gets more action than an eSport arena in a Walmart. Oh, definitely, man. It's like it's like putting in like a massage parlor in a Walmart. Yeah, it, it just it's like it makes it's like it's like doesn't make it doesn't click. It doesn't click. Yeah. It's just like, like it's just kind of like out of place. You know, there's a the American dream. Is a new mall that's in New Jersey. Uh, it took them like 20 years to open it, but it's right off the New Jersey Turnpike, and it's in the Meadowlands. And they have everything. They have you know water parks, and you know there's a ski, there's a, there's an indoor ski, you know oh, ramp, and all this stuff. And you know you could go. There's it's a shopping mall, but they have all these all these amenities and fun things to do in in the mall. And 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 it's and it's this experiment that you know. Malls have been, there, you know, this... On the decline. Yeah, but malls have been, you know, at that level of, of, of uh, you know, amazing... You know, they've made a lot of money. They've been around a very long time. You're talking about old, old money of people who have been used to certain things a certain way for a very long time. You know, and then comes along Amazon. And, you know, Christmas time comes and there are less and less people coming to the mall and Stores are empty. Like, you know, Macy's is empty. Bloomingdale's is empty. They're, you know, yeah. these are stores. You see stores going. I just heard about a uh, Forever 21 store now is bankrupt. And they're being bought by the guys that run the malls. They're being bought out of bankruptcy. So it's, it's you know, everything in the retail space has been dying, including movie, including movie theaters including uh, also casinos and where what we're facing in is in our country is that people can just turn on their TV or their computer or their laptop, be entertained for hours at a time, buy anything from their laptop, buy anything from their phone, whatever it is, you can even watch your phone. There's so many ways to be entertained by a screen that you're carrying around with you. Why do you even need to step foot into a brick and mortar? You just don't. It, it sure. doesn't. You don't need to. So, what has to happen is there has to be way more exciting that have to happen at malls, at cinemas, at at, at casinos that you can experience at home. And yeah. like when I walk into a casino in Las Vegas, 
or even like say the Caesars in Atlantic City, that is one theme. I walk into Caesars, Caesars is Caesars. You feel like you're in ancient Rome, right? If you had the ability to TE that place, and I call that tech entertainment the place, of an immersive experience, you could change the theme of that casino every day. Yeah. Just by just yeah. by picking it's like changing a screen you're changing like your screensaver. Yeah. I mean that'd so, be crazy. So yeah, so T or tech entertainment or location based entertainment is only the only way to go mm. because if you don't have that kind of an experience, if you don't have holograms of like Caesars greeting you, you know, when you walk in the door or, or you know, Frank Sinatra or anything like that, it's not gonna last. You're gonna you know, people are gonna get tired. They're already tired. They don't want to go to it because you could just immerse yourself at home and have much more of a good time at home than you need to than stepping out of your house. Yeah. So it, it people have to think, you know, there are people out there and I mean where you brought it up, you're like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to like be in a you know, a Rocket League game where the cars are really like flying over you? Yes, but that's gonna happen. We're gonna have that, we're gonna get there. And I know the designers that are doing it. They're mostly from based in California, but there's a lot of these people. A lot of these people doing it. I mean, Jen, you know uh, the guys at, at Saber VR who took some, you know, two D games and and created VR uh, versions of them. They did. So, yeah. so they're blown up too. Yeah. So and they're putting like their own little land center in a bigger location in the Freehold Mall. Yeah. So it it is. It's all about you know having that ability to be creative think outside the box of what currently is you we talked about punt punt is a company from the betting perspective thinking outside the box and giving the gamer what the gamer wants mm. yeah the ga- it's know. about the it's about your audience and about what the gamer what the gamer's looking for you know it's not about what the what the business wants it's what the gamer wants because we're a consumer based economy we need to give the consumer what they're looking for and they have a louder voice than ever so you have to give them what they want of course Mm. of course and it keeps and it keeps getting louder and louder can't avoid it this transitions perfectly into the last thing i want to talk about today and that's the call of duty league because you know i love to put in activision blizzard articles because i know how much you (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) so it's pretty much saying they had no fit they were not in a fit stake to commence, and I have some insight into that for those who aren't familiar with the Call of Duty League. So I was pretty excited for this. Um, as a longtime Call of Duty fan, uh, I was really into the Team Rocker, and they actually hosted the like opening week, the launch weekend. So I, I, what? Well, Team Rocker has a lot going for it. They got Gary V. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. my favorite. <laughs> He, he, owns, he, owns, he owns a small percentage, but look, listen, he's a major online influencer. Let's not deny that. So oh, anything, yeah, no, he's amazing. Yeah, so anything he says is going to be rock golden. I mean, it's just, that's golden. <laughs> well, apparently not, they weren't too prepared for the weekend. Um, last minute they were chosen to host it, and as the weekend started, they didn't have setups ready so there was like a delay on team practice except for them they got to practice in their facility uh there was no media deal until the 23rd announced and that was with youtube saying that hearthstone overwatch league and uh call of duty league are all going to be on youtube specifically and um they changed their format 
for the competition on the 24th of December, which was like a month before it actually started, a month or so. And Overwatch did the same thing in Season 2. The Overwatch League, they changed to the 2-2-2 format like mid-season. And I don't know why they do things like this, but pretty much uh, they didn't have a good weekend. I can tell you why, because it's yeah. Blizzard Activision, that's why. <laughs> yep, I was going to say, it's because Activision has no uh, idea what they're doing. Listen, here, here's, here's the thing. Okay, one, I, I, I got to pick this apart the way it is and slow. I mean, wonderful, great. It's like, you know, uh, having Gary V in the Call of Duty League is like the equivalent of having Ninja on Twitch. Okay, it's, 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 it's good for the Call of Duty League, and that's wonderful. Oh, however, watch out, Gary V. Because if you're going to do business with Blizzard, they're basically falling all over their feet and they don't know what they're doing. Where is Joanna Ferris and where is the woman that's supposed to be the director of the League of Call of Duty? How is she dropping the ball so badly and she's still not been fired? Because she doesn't have cash. <laughs> I, I don't get that. How do you, how do you have oh, this gosh. woman that, I mean, listen. And, and I said this to you before, Jen. I said that, you know, she's coming from the NFL. She knows barely anything about video gaming. Maybe maybe, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But even if she does, she's so out of touch with what needs to get done. Or maybe her hands are tied and the Blizzard Activision people are so out of touch with mm. needs to, what would, needs to I get done. Honestly, I would honestly lean more towards that Yeah. before anything else. Because I have – okay, look, man – my my the beginning of my career was wow that is like yeah. where i began that is what the height of my career was right. like at, at i was that fanboy i was like the poster child for that game it was like me and leroy jenkins right that's all it was at one point yeah and i can tell you this man they have dropped the ball so hard that i don't even want to play the i don't even want to play classic i with the new uh, World of Warcraft, they were giving refunds and then banning players who were telling other players how to get refunds. Oh, yeah. So they're in hot water right now again. I mean, did you? I mean, I actually watched a little of the stream. I was watching some of the stream. I watched I was, almost all of the matches for Call of Duty I got to tell you, I, I got on the stream and I couldn't believe how many people were like, why are they taking that? Why is the camera in that place? Why are they taking this, you know? They're that, saying, why that. Why are the players' faces on stream the whole entire time rather than their actual stats? I know. Yeah. I, and, and, and people are, like, totally trolling all over the goddamn thing. I was like, this is... A lot of 3-0s. Yeah, this is, like, <laughs> total disaster. I was looking at this and going, I cannot believe this is happening. This is their opening. First off... If you're gonna even have an opening, why would you have it in the coldest city in the country? <laughs> that makes Blue no sense to me in the first place. I mean, I'm just—I—the I, whole thing is just mind-blowingly how th- anything that they touch, they fuck up. I gotta tell you so, something. So they can make it really together. cool. Wait, I—they I, totally can make it amazing, but they somehow, some way, they always tend to know, figure out how to screw it up badly. Mm. Oh, I agree. I agree. They could have, man. <laughs> <laughs> everything that, I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry to laugh at myself but like everything they've done for the past three years has been such a letdown and I mean you can go further back than three years but but I'm gonna I'm just gonna go just three years everything they've done has been such a letdown because they took all of their eggs and they said overwatch is the thing mm. and then they said you know what though we don't want to have a community built around overwatch take the community away oh, God. <laughs> and they were like they're like do it Shh. i was like just kill all the community bases of overwatch because this is the nfl baby 
yeah and, and all of us every <laughs> single overwatch player was like oh bet we don't care about this no more and yeah. it's completely it's, moved on it totally built but here's here's the other part about it with me, which i find funny i mean when did they acquire um activision wasn't that like three four years ago it was uh it, yeah it was like four or five years ago actually so like four or five, i i yeah. think when they acquired them they they were cursed it's yeah, like a, activision. the curse of, the curse of activision Activision came in and somehow ruined Blizzard. Yeah, it's it's, it's totally, so ridiculous. It totally fucked them up really badly. And you know, you know, it's funny because you know Sundance, Giovanni, and uh, Mike Sepso they they created the Call of Duty League before there was a league before like mm-hmm. Blizzard Activision stepped in. Yeah. And you know, they were sort of like, you know, they were like Call of Duty League was like it was like being phased out. They were having trouble with it, and then. Blizzard came in and they're like, "Yeah, we, we want to buy you," and it's all, and they were like, "Yay, yippee!" And they were like, "Oh boy, a lifesaver!" Now Sundance did a little did a little stint. He did like a, he worked with Blizzard Activision for a while, and now he's off on his own. And he completely now recently just copied Super League Gaming, oh, yeah. which is wonderful for him. And they got a twenty million dollar raise. Great, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: it was. It's such. I don't know who's running Blizzard Activision, but if, if there's somebody, yeah, Activision yeah, is running Blizzard is. Activision. I guess it is. No, no, it is. It is because all the because so so I used to know tons of people at Blizzard. Yeah, and all of them have either been let go, forced out, or asked to leave over the right. course of the past wow. three years, and and I mean all of them, right? Like, and it's like so it's like Activision came in and slowly churned out all the people. And now it's just Activision again. And what does Activision do? They fail. I'm sorry. That's what oh, yeah. they they're, do. I mean, Jen and I covered this. Like we we covered on one of our podcasts like a couple months ago about all the executives were jumping ship. Oh yeah, they were no, just Activision. leaving. Activision is that pirate who finally gets everything he wants and then goes, "Well, time to shoot myself in the foot so I can have a peg leg." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm it's not like... done until I get scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> What's what? happening? I don't know. It's crazy. It really is. It's a, it's, it's a funny, funny. It's funny because the only one of um, Blizzard's games that are like like super thriving are the one is the one that Activision has no hand in, which is Hearthstone. Yeah, Hearthstone. <laughs> and Hearthstone was like this joke side project that Blizzard I put know. together, and now but... it's like now it's like towing the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. That's kind of it sad, is. honestly. It's terribly sad. And, and I love Hearthstone. Sad. Yeah, I but now, it. but now, but now, Riot. Riots declared like war on like what everybody mm, because yeah. they put out a game for everything. They put out Ruin Terror. Ruin Terror is by far the better card game. Yeah. I love yeah. Ruin Terror. <laughs> but no, we've seen we've seen like three frames of their fighting game. And I'm like, that's already a better fighting game <laughs> than like half the fighting games out right now. But yeah. heck, let's go further. They showed us a 12 second clip of their first person shooter, and mm. I'm like, this is already a better first person shooter than yeah. Almost well, everything out like out right. You know, now. Here, here here's what I always say: you got to wait and see. So the market. Oh, of course. Of you course. know, I th- I think Riot was sitting back, sitting back, sitting back, going, "Yeah, these guys are just going to shoot themselves in the foot eventually, anyway." Yep. And then once they did that, we're like, "Okay, we're going to car- we're just now going to conquer the entire industry." Well, yeah. And and it, you know, they'll be they may be the last man standing. Although we <laughs> don't know anything about Valve because Valve is no, like we don't. Those, Valve is one of those like very stealth moded like publishers that you don't know a, anything about they put out artifact they... though and everybody hated artifact you know what yeah, though the only reason they failed at artifact is because they allowed somebody to make the monetization um thing 
the monetization structure for it that shouldn't have been allowed. Mm. And they messed that up because he sat down and said, I'm going to make this monetization structure as if it was real life. And everybody was like, it's not, though. It's online. What are you doing? Right. And if if they had just changed, because Artifact itself as a game was wonderful. Mm. Like, that was a fun game. But then, but then they got bullheaded on the monetization structure. If they had changed that just a little bit, boom, it would have been there. Yeah. Just like... um. Just like uh, those guys who made um, For Honor. For Honor could have been for the new... Honor. For Honor should have been the it new sh- I totally agree, and it I say it all the time, but they dropped it so early. Yeah, they dropped it early, and they dropped the ball so hard, and then they got bullheaded about it. If they had been like, nah, screw that. We're going to ban cheaters, and we're going to say, and we're not going to give this guy the the um, championship for, taking, for um, taking advantage of a glitch. That's all they had to do. Was be yeah. was, was steadfast on that, and everybody would have been like, "We're in, we're staying forever." But no, they didn't. They dropped the ball, and now they have to try and come back. And they're trying very hard to come back. And I wish, I maybe, mean, I wish they would because maybe it'll be like amazing. a Rainbow Six Siege thing where they totally revamp it and it makes a full comeback. They should. They should totally revamp it and give us a "We're Sorry" campaign like Dominoes did back. I would in the day. play it because I love that. Game. I would play it again. I love that game too. Well, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like I know the guys that worked at Epic. And a lot of the game developers talked about that I know uh, originally that the Epic game was like a it was like a zombie shooter game. First I did all the al- I did all the alpha testing for Fortnite, so yeah, it was a zombie yeah. shooter game. It sucked, and it sucked, <laughs> and they they shelved it, and then they saw PUBG and they're like, oh, now we can figure this out, and they took it off the shelf, and they totally made it like, you know, you know, just like. Yeah. A royal battle royale one, and then, and then it took off from and from there. But they had all the right this, elements. I'm gonna, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot myself a little bit here and say, and say something funny. But um, so when you when you test games at Epic, what they do is they put you on this room and they give you, they set you up in the like this your own like little environment sitting next to people, but you can't see anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then when when they start you out, they give you this big red button to the right of you. And they say, oh, just whenever you find a glitch or something, just hit that button and and it, uh, a little light will go off and somebody will come over and ask you what's wrong. And um, this is like my fifth day in testing. I, I, I did um I did 80 hours for testing the original alpha for Fortnite. Cool. And like my fifth day in, I was like, I sat down and I was like, oh, God, I don't want to be here. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, like five minutes into the game, I hit the button and they're like, oh, what's wrong? I was like, this game sucks. <laughs> I, was like, I was like i was like what's wrong with it is i'm gonna fall asleep i swear to god i'm gonna fall asleep if i have to play another eight hours of this game. oh my gosh <laughs> I, was, I was like there's nothing unique that's what about you're there this. for wait oh, the reason no. why you, the reason why you didn't like it is because you weren't a minecraft player so that's you know. no you're 100 percent right i am not a lego player like i'm right. not like right. i'm not doing it yeah. Oh my gosh, the game! Oh no. Well, well, listen. I, I mean, this podcast bit generally is for people in the esports industry, but also in the game in, in the casino industry. And you know, I'm sure they're they're probably at this point completely lost. But checked. Sorry. Nonetheless, I appreciate. No, it's great. I, I, it's all good insight because we get both industries listening to the cat to the cast. But I wanted to just thank you guys, Way. I, I think that's great. You can. Call, I'd love to have you back on again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll come on again, man. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, you you had a it, you have a great banter, especially with Jennifer. Jennifer's just she's awful at wonderful charm. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Just we love you, Jennifer. Fan. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to thank you guys because I gotta I gotta get off, but uh, I wanted to thank our listeners for listening and and thank you, Way, for showing up and having a good time. Remember. Uh, uh, Way works with American Esports. 
Um, and if you want to check them out, I guess, is there any way that they can find you somehow? Yeah, so uh, basically any social media is at xwaywatcher. All right, cool. Very cool. That's Thank very you good. so much, Way. Yeah, no thanks, Way. And uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks again, Jen. And maybe Way will be back on in a couple not a couple po- podcasts down the road. But please we'll get do. some other guys. All right, please do come back. Definitely. All right, have a good one. Good night, everyone. All right, have good a good night. night. Good night.